Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! So creepy. I think it's creepy. creepy. Don't you? Oh, no, it is. I was surprised. Well, all right, everybody. We are here tonight after Buzz TV. We are going to talk about The Man in the High Castle. It's Amazon's new show. And we're going to go over episode one, The New World. I am your host, Courtney Henderson, and I am here with... I'm Keith Black. You can find me on the internet or Twitter or anywhere social like that at Keith W. Black. And hi, guys. My name is Taylor Bolt. You can find me on Twitter at Taybolt. That's T-A-Y-B-O-L-D-T. Or on Instagram at T-Bolt, also B-O-L-D-T. We are everywhere. First, let's <laughs> talk about the opening. I guess we kind of got the music covered. Yeah. Uh, surprising start with the... Yeah, I gotta be honest. I was expecting sort of a, like, bombastic... Nazi-ish, yeah. like Agreed. World War Two big band sort of vibe uh, to start this off, and that's not what we got at all. We got this creepy, haunting version of Edelweiss. You know, <laughs> having watched the episode though, now it does kind of seem a little bit more appropriate. Yeah, because it's that's like true. this. It's the world is is very haunting, right? And I think it, I think it fits. I didn't like it at first. I even remember being like, I don't know, <laughs> but it's grown on me even just since I saw it. I think it's a little surprising. I, I think going into it, I was more expecting something along the lines of like an HBO style mm-hmm. like the Pacific Islands where it's going to be more just dramatic there's going to be mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan style of a energy of, a lot of landscape yeah. shots yeah. but it know. was just it's very creepy and it's dark and the way they shoot it it seems almost more of like a documentary style in terms of it being more you know realistic and you're in the lives of these characters rather than oh this major world event happened let's explain the event let's more explain the characters within the event which I yeah, thought was super absolutely. intriguing and the open covers that through and through, you know, it's yeah. not some big epic animation like you know coming up like Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. which, like I said, going into, I was the same way. I was like, "What am I watching? <laughs> what have I gotten myself into?" But as I watched the episode and then got to the end of the first episode, I thought, "Okay, this actually is eerily suited yeah. for it." But moving on, yeah. um, so the tone, the lighting—I mean, just kind of the opening shots and kind of the the beginning of the story with Joe. Mm-hmm. What were your right. initial impressions? Um. I mean, you immediately sort of get a vibe for the world. It's just like, it's super industrial. Like, I love that one of the first shots that you see is people welding stuff, because mm-hmm. it's still that World War II steel mentality. Like, we're, it's kind of like because, it's kind of like the world never got to evolve out of that 
that place with technology, yeah. as far as technology is concerned, at least. I kind of felt like the the it looks more so like the Germans. I believe there was a line in there where that the Japanese were surprised that oh well we'll never be able to match the Germans when it comes to technology. Which, as we know now, is you know completely <laughs> fabricated in terms of reality. Right. Sure. But, but it, it's nice to see that they took over and they stunted the growth of everybody and every culture around them because their plane was able to get from New York to San Francisco in, what was it, two hours? It was two yeah. hours. And yeah. that's incredible. Like, yeah. I would love that. I know. Still, we don't <laughs> yeah. have that. There's some, there's some pilots that are like, maybe that's not so bad. If, No, I mean, I think that I'm sort of like a World War II, not like history buff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't give me that much credit, but I'm fascinated with it. Yeah. And yeah, it's it goes along like German technology was... Like I mean, we were really competing with them yeah. uh, for World War II. We being the U.S., I guess that's you know, I <laughs> clarify. We, yeah. A lot um, of countries and well, people. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of countries were competing uh, technologically, and it's like all of a sudden now German uh, Germany's technological growth wasn't stunted, and they used it to devastating effect. We learned that the Germans actually beat us to uh, the hydrogen bomb, yes. which was sort of I think what was the catalyst or at least like the, the deciding factor for how this world was going to was going to was going to play out. And I love I just I want to go back to the the intro just for a second cuz mm-hmm. it's so cool. They have like this propagandist feel. Mm-hmm. But I was like what's going on cuz it seems like sort of subversive. And again, like yeah. I was expecting like big sweeping landscape <laughs> industrial shots whatever. And and we see the actual like breakup of uh, the, like the what is now the United States of America, mm-hmm. what was then the United States of America, and we see that it's like the Japanese Pacific states, and yeah. like mm-hmm. it's, it's just so cool to see that sort of separation. When I saw that, that's when I was it sunk in, and I was like, oh, this is a very different, different world, world, yes, than the one I'm used Let's to. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the breakdown because until I saw it visually on the Instagram for the show. It was kind of unclear, you know, I'm like Mm. in my head trying to like figure this out. So the Greater Reich has 80 million people in it Mm -hmm. and goes like, it's hard to say, but like almost a Colorado area. Yeah. All the way to the East Coast. It's like just the Rockies. Yes. Like like that's kind of like the break line. So, and then the Japanese, of course, they are on the Pacific Coast and they come in, um, it's like one state line is kind of what it looks like. Yeah. And they um, only have 50 million people. They give um, them a sliver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, like, about the same size sliver in the in between the two is the neutral zone. Only 7 million people live in the, the neutral zone. Which is incredible. But I don't think they didn't really give any, like, clues as to, like, the positive or negative aspects of being inside the neutral zone. Yeah, that's what I they wanna, just I called it. What the neutral zone is. Yeah. Lawless. It's kind of all, you know. Like the, the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, but then it's getting later in the episode, but, you know, the Bible situation. And mm-hmm. it's it's just because it's not illegal doesn't make it legal kind of talk that they were doing but i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> so let's go back so joe goes to this shipping yeah it looks like an company. import export yeah. style and swears that he is not a punk and not a spy and he's ready to get this mission done for mr warren yeah and he brings them like the the little business card that has the symbol on it that i didn't i didn't quite make out yeah it, it was lariat manager at 4112 east uh Montaka. Uh, anyone out there who wants to Google Maps that? For yeah, us, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Give us that exact <laughs> pen. That'd be great. If it even exists, yeah, yeah. there is a, a city that they've created in the future of the book. Yeah. I will right. have to. I will have to check on that and get back to you guys. So, Mr. Warren, I don't know. It seems like he actually kind of went against his better judgment yeah. to give this guy Joe the benefit of the doubt to take the truck and go to the neutral zone to Cannon City. Yeah, yeah. But uh Why do you think he did it? Why do you think he he trusted him? 
I would like to think that it's because he mentioned, you know, all of his friends are dead, all the people that he's fought in the war with and people that have been in resistance with him have since perished. And so when you get into a situation where you're trying to run a resistance on that side of the country and everybody that you know that you can trust is dead, I feel like he's been kind of backed into a corner where he gets this young, willing, seemingly healthy and strong person that seems to be part of, you know, yeah. the, the cause saying, he's like, well, what, what else? I have to get this out. Like, this needs to get out today. Yeah. What, what are the choices? Yeah, there's not the four other guys saying, "Hey, I want to be in the uh, the resistance." Yeah, you know? and it's like, yeah. "Go pick you. You <laughs> look smart." Looking for a yeah. brunette. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah, it's not like casting from. where hundreds of people come looking for yeah. the, the to play the part. So, but okay. I still think the vetting process was. I mean, don't you think one of you guys would have vetted the yeah. person a little bit more than are you a spy? You know, <laughs> I I wonder too though because of course you know he gives them the keys and he sends them on his way and then instantly you know they, he doesn't even leave yet. And the Nazis have yeah. come in and right. taken control and are attacking Mr. Warren and the few people that are still left in the resistance. And I so almost those, think all he- of those people. That's why I was a little confused mm-hmm. about all of those. His factory workers were they were aware of his involvement. You, you know, got, we got that vibe. Seemingly, I, mean, I, I assume I would but, say so because they spoke in a pretty open area. It's not yeah, like he took him yeah, into a back office. You know, I mean, and and there's got to be when these guys are, you know, making the stuff, somebody's got to load the truck. I, you know, like you said, Mr. Right. Warren, it's right. not like he's got a lot of people left. So maybe these are guys that they're not willing to, to take the risk and go across the country. They've got families and things that you know, somebody would notice that they were gone that long and it would become a thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is maybe another reason why. But I almost feel like there was a sense of desperation that it was sort of like, I don't have a choice but yeah. to just trust that this guy is going to do what I need him to do. Yeah. And see, I, I think that as we learn more, because we, we eventually learn, not to skip ahead too much, but we eventually learn that what he's trying to really smuggle is this uh, this film canister mm-hmm. uh, that has that has um, what the, the grasshopper lies movie, heavy, yeah. the grasshopper yeah. lies heavy, uh, a, a film, uh, and we learn what that is. We, we can talk about that in a little bit, uh, but we figure out that this is what he's actually trying to smuggle, and it seems like he doesn't even know that. So I'm wondering yeah. what those film canisters represent, because to me, it seemed like. Uh, the guy um, got sloppy, and honestly, that's why he took him on mm-hmm. uh, because he didn't vet him. He didn't vet him. No, so I was thinking, okay, he's gotten sloppy. We figure out that the Germans knew that he was. They knew he was the ringleader. Yeah, yeah. for and like a, for month. a month. Yeah. yeah, so he's been sloppy. You know, yeah, minimally. Yeah, it's yeah. I, at least for a month or so, exactly. he's made some mistake. So uh, I guess I'm wondering what the imperative was because it seems like he did sort of, uh, sort of just wave him in on a hope and a prayer. Because he needed this done yeah. now for whatever reason, what pushed right. him into a corner to get to that place. Right, it's he had no one else to take it, and this just happened to fall in his lap. And right, he had to trust well, and it. why couldn't he take? It? I mean, if it was kind of coming down to yeah. it and getting sloppy and all of that, uh, it's it's hard to say. But and, yeah. and we break down the fact that it's in a situation where you think, okay, maybe he doesn't have any people at his disposal. But when they raided into the factory. They showed some of the factory workers, I'm going to call them factory workers, but <laughs> they, they pulled guns and were shooting back at the Nazis. Oh, that is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's so a little surprising. They were definitely, okay. That's they are in, yeah. the they're definitely <laughs> in the know. And they're working at their station. Like, when I go to work, I don't yeah. have a gun behind my computer, you know? Why <laughs> like, not? What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not concerned. That's because it's 2015 right. and we won. See, we won. Allies. Go Allies. You're like, just in case. My boss is kind of rude. Let me just. So, pushing the story 
story along, you know, it's it's like it's industrial, it's dark, very I feel like a little bit stylized. Some mm-hmm. people saw the trailer and they thought it was a movie um in talking to people before yes. coming mm-hmm. on tonight because of I think that kind of stylized look. Um and then it opens up to this peaceful scene of the woman of Juliana. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. They say it. I wrote yeah, it down. She's doing the Aikido. 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 Yeah. Aikido is that yeah. how you say it? Yeah. yeah. So this is, you know, obviously a Japanese occupied area. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So I thought that that was a very interesting because it was so bright and quiet that that first scene of her and on mm-hmm. her face, and I'm just like it was so intentional that they were changing the tone and like transitioning into like the next part. I really like that because it was mm-hmm. it was jarring. It's yes. like you've seen all of this heavy industrial stuff and it's like a gunfight yes. inside of a like mm-hmm. a steel warehouse where they make coffee pots and other <laughs> random sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I guess. coffee pots, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's just like stark, quiet, zen, uh and it's this meditative combat dance. Well, it's, it's this gorgeous mm-hmm. thing and we we immediately get a taste of sort of the despairing cultures. Uh, like the Japanese states mm-hmm. versus the the German controlled part of the country, how different the culture is there, and how much Japanese culture has pervaded into the uh, the Western seaboard. Yeah, yeah I think that the like you were saying earlier, how jarring it was. I think mm-hmm. the intention, how intentional they were in the production standpoint of making her so lit. Cause that's the first time we're introduced to her as the protagonist, really mm-hmm. in a positive light. Is they brought up the lighting on that scene, and it's also integrated with her working with the Japanese in the scene. And later we find out that there's a little bit of a hostility between yes. the two parties right. because they're worried about what's going to happen if the fewer passes. And mm-hmm. which I can I can't believe I just said that in such a polite way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like oh no, I hope we, I'll send the flowers. Like I never Do thought those would word come out. But. Well, yeah, no, the fear is that it's going to launch this world. It's sort yeah. of this um, this tentative piece. It's going to mm-hmm. launch them into another huge world combat because it's it's. It's not. Uh, there's no real long-term plan. It seems mm-hmm. like it seems like they're just sort of cohabitating uh, and occupying this territory that's clearly still resistant to them. Yes. Uh, and and it's just they're not always in agreement. Yeah. And and understandably, you know, I, I just think it's so smart that the writers went there immediately. Like, oh, this is going to be a major point of contention in this season. Mm-hmm. Is that now we have this these two massive superpowers that maybe are sort of culturally different, or maybe they didn't always get along in. Really tight proximity, and now they're having to cope with figure that. Figure it out. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, they, they don't exactly come from exactly the same part of the world. Right. Uh, initially, they it was like um, an alliance of convenience, almost. I think. I think absolutely and necessity yeah. in terms yeah. of culture. I mean, the whole German front, the build of their whole propaganda is against the culture. Like anything different right. from the German culture is wrong. <laughs> That's yeah. and so yeah. and they paired with somebody that has such a strong culture. And yes. their values are so powerful. And I think it goes, we go back to that lighting scene when we see Juliana in the beginning and how she's with the Japanese. How do you pronounce it again? I'm sorry. Aikido. Aikido. Yeah. And she's doing Aikido. It kind of pairs them together as the Germans against the Japanese and Juliana as the resistance right, because right. it's a seemingly light aerated scene and you're like okay well maybe they're not as bad you're still looking at them well and and I think that that's interesting because we do you know her mom is not happy that she's learned Mm -hmm. this Japanese art and that's because the Japanese killed her father which is totally and, justified. You know, and so it's, it's almost like sh- this is like her way. I don't know if it's a camp, if you can't beat them, join them, because she's not part of the resistance, you know, and, uh, you know, yet. Yeah. We'll sell it. And yeah. it's hard to say if it's even, again, it's like, it, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of, um, oh my gosh, now I can't, Katniss, you know, in mm-hmm. Hunger Games, where it's like, it's out of this like survival or need to not let the sister, you know, in this case, 
die in vain because she's already gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I think that we still have a lot to figure out with that character. I still don't really understand uh, completely the journey that she's had thus far right. or, or what's what's fueling her. So I think that there's still a lot. And I think they kept it that way a little bit on purpose mm-hmm. because there's some reveals and stuff coming, coming in the episode. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really understand was she assimilating because the situation's better in this side of the country or is she just kind of okay with it or is she just this um because it's also very like japanese i love japanese culture Mm -hmm, it's it's sort of very japanese um that like um relaxed uh kind of go with the flow Eh, i don't know if i would say that point blank but she's kind of going with the flow uh and and doing the best with their circumstances I'm still trying to figure out what's driving her individual uh, decisions. I mean, her decision to, like, leave mm-hmm. and, and to take her sister's place and go into the neutral zone. It, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if she's earned it yet uh, as a character for me. So I'm trying to figure okay. it out. But I think, I think there's more there. I think mm-hmm. we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But I think the first episode, I was like, wow, I'm surprised from what I've seen so far of you that you're making this choice. Like, this is sort of... Uh, shocking, yeah. but um, not like the jarring shocking. Like a little, a little confused shocking. Yeah, um, but I, I, I love mean, I think it. She had to do it. I, well, I mean, I for me, I feel like it comes completely. She's completely motivated by hope, mm-hmm. as far as you know. She sees the film. First of all, she loses her sister. You know, so it's like, okay, what was she? What was worth dying for? You know, in. For Trudy's per- sure, from yeah. Trudy's perspective, which clearly they didn't always see eye to eye on things, and so this is her way of trying to understand, I think, who her sister was because her sister's gone now, and so this is the only way that she can get answers from her sister, as well as the hope that watching this footage, that you know, to her when she's talking to her boyfriend Frank mm-hmm. when he gets back, and she's explaining like, no, this isn't just some silly movie, like this. What if this is real? Like you know, this is how America was before our time, mm-hmm. you know, right. and and kind of trying to I think hold on to the fact that that life could exist in their lifetime because that means that they don't have to keep it a secret that her boyfriend, you know, future husband is a Jew and from that lineage and that their kids and all that are going to mm-hmm. be in danger if the Germans find out that that's the lineage that he comes yeah. from. Right. Well, he, I think that brings us to an, our, like a next sort of really good point, which is that this footage is nuts. Like this was the biggest thing <laughs> that I was not expecting that mm-hmm. I saw. Like probably the biggest thing until at least until the very end of the first episode. Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. What is this footage that we have that shows the Allies winning the war? We see the sort of the celebration, um, and you know the um, I forget I forget her her boyfriend's name Frank Frank. Frank. Frank's uh, stance was that this was not a real, not a real. It was a movie. Yeah, it was, it was, it was silly. A movie made yeah. by the man in the, in the high castle, mm-hmm. who's still this an, an ominous enigma yeah. somewhere in the neutral states. I think I'm not sure, um, but to me, it's like he doesn't have the resources to make a movie like this. The production value, yeah. yeah. who, right. who would in the neutral states? Like we saw scenes that that just couldn't have taken place there in my mind. Did this this. I guess this happened. Is this some sort of like alternate Ooh. universe? Or and is that's some... the question, I think. Yeah, and like, I, this is crazy. Somewhat motivating, I think, for her. That's where it's like I've got to figure out who's cre- like—is this real? Is this fake? You know, who's creating this? Where is this coming from? 
And and why was my sister a part of it? Right. It's motivating to me. It's the most yeah. interesting thing I saw on the episode, for sure. What I really liked about the films in general, like, the film canisters across the reels, and every time they showed it, everybody was very protective over it, regardless of what mm-hmm. it was. And it's, even when she was carrying it in her purse, and he looked down, the gentleman yeah, looked down at it. Yeah, little tea man. Yeah. And he looks down mm-hmm. at it, and, like, she hides it. And it's a situation where, why would you feel, if somebody saw you with a film canister, that you would need it, to hide it? Because right. if you just had yeah. it, if I'm walking on the street with a DVD, no one's going to say anything. But the fact is that having a film in itself, she was concerned about and holding it close to her made it seem like just not only suspicious, but right, it was or really whether suspicious. maybe maybe film reels, film reels in themselves are negative to have. I mean, the one that yeah. she swapped it out with was Popeye, yeah. which was shocking because Popeye in itself is based on an American sailor. And yeah, it, it seems very like U.S. patriotic yeah. in the way that cartoon does. And you would think that that would wouldn't not be allowed. I mean, granted, right. it's going to be better because it's more generic, <laughs> yeah. you know. Which yeah. I thought that that was smart for her to even Swap think that. of. Yeah, right. Well, I agree with that. I agree that it's um, still, still it's probably better. But to me, I was it's still Popeye. I, to me, like <laughs> what that tells me from a storytelling perspective is that films are some somehow still okay. Yeah, because you know Frank put up Frank. Yes. Frank, sorry, Frank put up a big uh, stink sort of about the, these. films films, obviously, but it didn't... If he was that worried about those, it feels like he would have previously been worried about this Popeye film, yeah, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem like they were the kind of couple that kept contraband like laying around the Yeah, definitely room. not. The yeah. way he acted when she, she showed him, yeah, exactly. he walked in on it. And, and I was surprised, I mean, I don't know, if I was watching something like that, I don't care who I live with, I would be a little bit more uh, at odds when somebody walks in the room. You know what I mean? True. Like, when he came home, she wasn't she, she didn't even like, turn her yeah, head. Yeah, she just kind of like was watching, kind of like acknowledging he was there, and I was like, I would be freaking out. I, I mean, especially yeah. if that's no the matter, first time you've seen that. No matter who it was, even if that's the same thing that happened every day at that time, you know, he came home and he's the only one you ever expect. Mm-hmm. I would still be a little bit apprehensive you know, yeah. when you hear that door click. I think that just goes to speak to her character, though, in general, like what motivates her. We were talking earlier about how it's kind of convoluted as to what her purpose is and what her driving force is, but I think they gave us a lot of cues with just based on her relationship with him. Like, at first, I wrote down when they were in the bar, I wasn't really sure what their relationship was yet. Like, I knew there was kind of a closeness, yeah. but I wasn't sure whether it was a brother or a cousin or something like that. And then once the friend the comes in, and he's like, birds. oh, lovebirds. And you're like, okay, well, it's clear. But she still feels a little chafed when it comes. She's not very hands-on, emotional, like lovey-dovey. Right. And then she's sent- very sort of... Yeah, like blasé almost in a way. It's, and, and she's I, got a wall up. I'm sure she's been through some stuff. You know what I mean? Well, like they I'm mentioned sure the accident. That like you know right. she wanted to, maybe she needs to exercise after the accident. So maybe that's what's driving her and has made her callous. Something traumatic happened in her life. Could be, and that's what's causing her to be like, okay, well, time for me to find out who I am because mm. something yeah. else was holding her back. Yeah, there's so, still so much to learn about. And her. she, <laughs> so you know, they go back and forth about this whole film, and she leads Frank to believe that she's going to go turn it in and. Do you think in that time frame that she the whole time knew she was going to go? She when she found the bus ticket mm-hmm. and she, you know, or you know and she knowingly lied or do you think that there was a point where like she really was planning on turning it in and she felt like she needed to do it on her own and then it changed. You know, like she didn't know she was yeah. lying to him. No. What do you think? I think that by the time I think that there was a point in time where she was maybe not sure. Um, I don't even know about that because I think pretty much from the point that her sister died, it was set in stone that she was going to do this. But um, I think by the time that she told him that she was going to go to turn it in, she definitely knew. Like she definitely made the decision at that point and yeah. was just trying to waiting for him to relax leave. Him. I don't know, yeah. do, do you feel differently? Well, no, or? I feel the same way because the way that she took the necklace off and she's like that's clearly a symbol of their love for one of another. Mm, yeah. And if you're, regardless, if you know that you're going against that, I think that was more of a savior for him. 
of I'm taking this off. I don't want the connection between the two of us because she was going to oh. go do something. Because why else would... I mean, if you love somebody, you're not going to take off the one thing that when you're going to danger that reminds you of them. I and didn't even think of it that way. I thought it was her way of like saying goodbye. You know, like letting him know she left. Yeah. yeah. That, that left nothing... To question, like, right. where, like, was she just down the street? That's what I thought initially, yeah. too, was that she, because that way to me, it was like he would know that she was, she decided to leave. It's not like she yes. had been, like, kidnapped or something, right. or she didn't make it home from work. Like, she left that there so that he knew that it's she, something it wasn't it, something that, that she had yeah, made the true. choice. Probably both, yeah. yeah. But I think that, especially when he starts kind of, like, defending her mm-hmm. to the, uh, the, um, authorities, the Japanese authorities that, mm-hmm. that come in later, I think that maybe it was also sort of like, I'm still with you, or I still I still love you. Yeah. Like we're still. I didn't leave you. Yeah, I, I didn't leave you. I left because I had to do this mm-hmm. sort of yeah. thing. Because he started defending her, so it, it seems like I, I definitely don't think that that she just like left him. No. I think that that's still going to be an ongoing sort of because they missed that phone call. You know, I don't know. There's we have to see. There's still a lot that was sort of just an introduction. This episode was a lot of introduction. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it's a little confusing. The same flip of the coin is that she. Like her, her half sister dies, and the emotional reaction is so limited it's when you really when she small. sees her sister it's laying dead in the street. Abnormally just, small. Like I, if I saw a stranger in that same situation, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" More, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be like, and then they would look over and be like, oh, like try to run away. I would but, be more afraid of the authorities yeah. that were still standing over the body, and I would be more distraught. I also feel like that. I feel like the sister's death. That's why, probably why, I'm a little, like, I'm not sure we earned this decision Mm -hmm. to go to the neutral states, because the sister's death and wanting to figure out what she died for, to me, that's the driving factor. And the actual death scene, or the the fallout from the death scene, was so overshadowed by this discovery of this, these movies of the Allies winning the war. That, like, that few minutes of the episode was the one that I was, the, the, that was really the few minutes that I was like, mm, this could have been maybe, we maybe should have structured this a little bit differently. I get it. Like, I get all of the plot points mm-hmm. that we hit, mm-hmm. but I would have loved to have seen that death be more significant or at least as significant as it is in the story because that seems to be unless I'm yeah. unless we have a different so impression you mean why she's uh, more going. time spent acknowledging the loss of her sister uh, yes you know what I don't know if it's more like more time in between mm-hmm. that discovery or like that the fallout from that big plot point to the discovering what the, what is actually in the film but, but uh, so t- to I guess go against that or kind of challenge that. Sure. She sees her sister. You know, she gets like shoved mm-hmm. this bag, and her sister runs off. And I mean, she's gonna go home, of course, because that's what you do. And she has this bag. So what? Of course, you're gonna look through the bag that your yeah, sister absolutely. shoved in your face before she got shot. You, right. you know what I mean? So, I, uh, that, I, you know what I mean? Time wise. That would be the first thing that I would do if I got home and mm-hmm. I found a film that yeah. had some name I'm not familiar with on it and all of that. I, I think it's just in the situation, exactly what you were saying in terms of how they didn't really you know, let it breathe in the death of the film. I think yeah. it's maybe the intention was to focus on the situation where this film's magnitude and the meaning of this film overcasts a relative dying. And yeah. It, because even when Frank came home... He did, she didn't open with, oh, by the way, my sister's dead. Right. It she was an afterthought. Like, it's true. She, she's like, check yo, this movie, yeah. Yeah, check out this movie. And they watch the movie. Right. And then she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Trudy's dead. And, he, and he's like, oh. And he, like, it's like it's such a casual well, thing. So and, is death yeah. so, so prevalent? To, to that point, though, I would say, yeah. At that, I mean, 
they have grown up around death in a way that we will hopefully never understand, you know, on our own soil. And, you know, I watch things like Game of Thrones or, you know, maybe this as Mm. the the season progresses, but life is just not looked at the same way that we look at it today because of that. You know, it's not, we don't kill people to the death for looking at our cousin, you know, the wrong way or for... You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the just death not, hair triggers. Uh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, life sure. is is respected more today, and I think part of that is we also have medicine and different things that you know help keep us alive. We're living longer. We're living arguably fuller yeah. lives. You know, experiencing yeah. more things because of the technology and medicine that we have today. That that I mean, and we don't have well, war this, this... on our soil the way they did. Right. This doesn't take place in modern day, though. No, right? this Am is I in 62. In okay, yeah. okay. This was, this is relatively quickly after yeah. Yeah. the war. So. Yeah. Okay. But it, and it, the value of life is explained, I think, incredibly clearly when uh, Joe is talking with the police officer on the side of the road, and mm. he's like, oh, what's this? And it looks more like, an, like a mist or an ash, and he's almost snowing, and he's like, oh, well, they... They cremate all on Tuesdays. They cremate the cripples and the mentally handicapped, and yeah, like, right. And the, that was the drags intense. on society, and so. And he said it so casually. It's a yeah. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's on Tuesday. A Tuesday. Yeah. Like, I think that's so classic. It was a Tuesday. Oh, this. Yeah, it's body. It's body snow. This happens yeah. on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, the hospital. Like I a love discount that. at hometown buffet. Exactly. It's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, just bring out your wipers. You know, it's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be cloudy out. I With also, the side of snow ash. Uh, yeah, it was just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, make cripple ash. Oh, that's awful. But he didn't think it was like super weird either. It wasn't. Yeah, you know what I mean. We, we, learn, we learn later that he seems to probably be a bit more, maybe jaded than most, or at least yeah. in it. Yeah. But I, well, the, one of the things that I love so much about that scene is that the cop was, you know, he's now like uh, working for the German mm-hmm. police force. Yeah. He's yeah. a veteran and fought for the American. Yeah, fought for the American side of the war and sort of just the uh, the internal pull that creates. And now he's just like, yeah, it's there. It's you know, cremated bodies, and it's just so. And probably in his twenties when he was fighting. Yeah. yeah, just based on his age where he was at. Yeah. So, so a lot of these guys were in their most prideful state of being and as young and strong as they're going to be. And so if you can turn people that have that strong of a will and they're fighting for their country and you can still make them flip like yeah, that. Yeah, break them. And work, not only work, but like enforce for the enemy. It's, right. It just shows the level of emotional and mental warfare that they also played. It wasn't just we beat you, we destroyed you, broke you down, and built you up to be subservient One to us. One of us. Yeah. Right. yeah. Which is, I mean, that's, I couldn't even imagine a society to live in like that where... It's just perpetually <laughs> devastating. I feel like we would join the resistance. Yeah, yeah. I would like to think. Yeah, right. Yeah. We would all like to think. Find so, the man in the so high we've castle. talked about kind of Joe coming to the mm. neutral zone and his his journey. Let's talk about Juliana and the bus. And she meets. I wrote her name down. Um, Kate, I think her name was mm-hmm. Kate. Katie Owens, the only other white girl on the bus. Right, the, the who, bus and girl, she yeah. makes a point of that. Yeah. And then bus stops pretty quick. Katie is off with Juliana's bag. Right. Do you think that's going to come back? Well, and I feel like the actress and herself is renowned enough where there's no way they'll just get rid of it. That was the only part. Just from a production standpoint, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. invest as an actor of that magnitude just to be like, okay, goodbye. It's not Game of Thrones where, you know, (laughs) (laughs) thousands of them come on and you're you're just cookies. So I think (laughs) that she's definitely going to be reintroduced. I think it's going to open up. That was our first little taste of the Wild West of the neutral zone Mm -hmm. where everyone, it's nothing dramatic, but it's still a, 
you just got robbed. Like you, you've been in the neutral <laughs> zone for 20, 30 minutes and you've gotten robbed. So, and it's from a sweet, sweet lady. So you're thinking, was what you thought? Yeah, yeah it's the unexpected. first person that you decided to trust yeah. betrayed you in the yeah. neutral. Like, well, in the neutral state. Yeah, this is how great it is. lesson. Which it's a good lesson. It's a good teaser for us as to what's to come in the neutral zone where. It, everything may not be as it seems. It's not as savory as she was hoping. Yeah, yeah. almost nothing has been as it seems thus far. It's true. Yeah, in the neutral state, it's been very sort of <laughs> convoluted as far as who people are and what their motives are. Um, I don't know. Should we should we talk about the the flip? Oh, the we? Well, I mean, yeah. we'd let, I would like to get to the to the flip. What got uh, Joe to that point? But when he was driving out mm-hmm. and constantly, he was asking, "What's in the truck?" I mean, he's like, right. no, 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 you don't need to worry about what's in the truck. You yeah. Know, just, just drive the truck. But then on the other side, Oben Oberfuhren, is that how we, we o- decided? Oben Grupper. Oben Gruppenfuhrer? Oben Gruppen. Yes. That's <laughs> how I would say o- Oben it. Oben He Oben He mentioned Gruppen. numerous times that he, that he already knew what the package was, okay? So he's like, we know yeah. what they're transporting, we know where they're transporting it to. And then when you have Joe, and it's he seems to not know what it is. So if yeah. he was the inside guy, how could he... It seems How could like he ever feel that information prior when he just is finding out about it? That's that's the thing. I'm not sure. It's not 100% clear when he actually does discover the film canister mm-hmm. that he had no idea that that's what it was. But, or he just found it knowing or, it. Or he just found it knowing it. But I also kind of like that. And I mm-hmm. kind of think that maybe that is the case that he didn't know. Now, whether or not that speaks to his truthful place as like an inside guy or not... I I don't know if it really matters because it's also possible that he's just an agent that wasn't informed specifically as to what the package sure, is. He yeah. just knew he had there to, was to do yeah. something with it, um, and maybe and maybe meet this woman there, or maybe meet someone that's trying to meet both of these people mm-hmm. there. Or it's unclear, mm, yeah, yeah, because of but, that. Because as far as Trudy would have known, or whoever's supposed to meet Trudy and Joe, maybe that is the same person because they are both resistance or right. well, to this car- point. I mean, they're carrying the same film. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The two copies of the same film, which I'm like, was this just like insurance? Like you needed to get this film to the neutral zone or is this some sort of like ticket? Right. Or I, I still don't understand That's the true. purpose two of Two films the, going to the, the same location at the same point. You know? Yeah. Like, is it, is it just like hedging your bets mm-hmm. or do they need both of these or is this, and probably what it, it's significant of, uh, of something or, Show significance of something deeper going on. Tennessee, a decoy, or just yeah, the yeah. I think the insurance or just like factor. whether or not they could get it there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So maybe it's not as big of a thing, but it's like if we can get this there undetected, right? Then we can get the real whatever, whatever else is yeah, going needs on. To have and do you think a truck, though, out of all things that you were going to use to transport a package from New York to into the neutral zone, they decided. A truck and full of cargo, and it's something that it's like okay, they can. It to me that looks the most suspicious. If I'm thinking somebody's gonna be smuggling something, and I see a cargo truck go by, I'm like, okay, well that that's gonna be the guy who may be yeah. carrying it. He's yeah. used to doing the long hauls. For something it's as small choice. as a canister, you think that a uh, guy on a motorcycle, anything, he, I mean, they're not gonna pull out the film and check it to see yeah. what know, it what, is. Yeah, yeah, what it is at that level, frame by frame. So right. just, but his still his had the actual name, whereas yeah. you know hers was, hers was switched. Yeah, right. I don't know. I think I actually I loved that choice just because it is it's sort of like they'll find you. Yeah. You know, like the closer you get, the safer you are, sort of yeah. thing. It's yeah. like you take this big 
uh, this big truck transporting all of these coffee pots or teapots, coffee pots, coffee, coffee pots yeah. all of these yeah. coffee makers. And of course, the guards are going to be interested in the coffee makers. They're yeah. be, There's something in here. What are you trying to smuggle? What are you trying to smuggle? They're not going to check under that little hidden right. compartment yeah. where you're carrying a film canister wrapped in newspaper. Like they're not going to see that. They're going to be tearing up the coffee makers, and then you're going to make it. Through. Almost like a little decoy, in yeah, the truck, making it look suspicious. Exactly, yeah. making it look suspicious, and then they're just like, ah, it's a waste of time. There's yeah. nothing here, sort of to distract. But, and the looking. I told you so kind of the, a thing coming. From from the driver, yeah. Like I told you all, yeah. It's coffee just coffee makers. makers. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's great. I also think that they probably, at least I would have, were I like the resistance people that sent him mm-hmm. on the mission, not mm-hmm. not knowing that he's maybe a double agent or anything, right? Like just being like, we're going to send this guy. I would definitely have told him that there was just coffee makers in the back because if I was that driver and I pull up to a road stop and yeah. people start tearing through the coffee makers and I know I'm smuggling something but I don't know what it is. Yeah. I would be freaking out. But, but, I would. I probably wouldn't have even pulled but, up. But it's yeah. one of those things where you're U-turn, not right? you're not <laughs> driving <laughs> coffee makers to the neutral zone where they're giving right. you pills to stay awake and don't stop. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Like you know you've got something besides coffee makers. Absolutely. That's why no matter why they who you tell are. him so that he would know that it was safe to let them search it. Is my thing. Because, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because if I was driving that and they were like, "Can we search the back?" I would be like, "I'm going to get killed if you search the back." Yeah, and and probably oh, yeah. I see. I see what you're I saying. I would have just wanted the assurance that. Like if they search it, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. But but at the same time, like maybe he wouldn't have. Like if mm. they searched it, maybe they would look underneath. You know what I mean? At, at that true. point, who knows? But that's true. Let's, I, uh, I would just want to inform my resistance operative a little bit better. Oh yeah, maybe, absolutely. And, and, but, and maybe he would have. Maybe that was part of the vetting. That's true. Or, you they know were what I mean? A little rushed. He wasn't letting him know because he didn't know if he could trust him. Yeah. And that then when whoever was supposed to meet him in the neutral zone found him, he would kind of be able to vet him further and figure out whether or not he could let him know that what he brought sure, him yeah. was this canister or whatever. But I want to talk about, we're kind of running out of time. Yeah. I want to talk about Mr. Warren. Mm-hmm. So he's now getting beaten. I, I think presumably dead. At this by the point. end, yeah. yeah, yeah. The but end. I thought it was interesting that, you know, so okay, so let's talk about what you want to talk about. We find yeah. out that Joe <laughs> goes to make all of it. <laughs> well, goes to make that phone call, and it reveals that he actually is not part yeah. of the resistance. Mm-hmm. And and so they've and that they've known all along, you know, that this truck was going, and supposedly they know that it had the canister on it, and they continue to beat to death Mr. Warren because then the resistance will think. Oh, he, he didn't. Like, he didn't talk. Mm, yeah, I it's mean, a show. and it's it's, all it's a one show. of those where I'm like, man, I would be the worst person. <laughs> like, I'd be the worst at like this stuff because espionage is difficult. Yeah, yeah I mean, because I would never think about that. I mean, but then I think about writers. But that's a whole yeah. other topic. Like how writers can come up yeah. with all this kind of stuff. Granted, right. this is a book, and this guy that wrote the book actually, I mean, this book was written in '62. Mm-hmm. So right. this. He lived through the, the yeah World War Two and then wrote this like alternate history yeah. kind of s- semi in real time. Yeah, I you think know it's what so I mean? interesting the <laughs> setting going back now because it's like not only is this a period piece in yeah. that it's the '60s, but it's the '60s on top of this other huge historical like the butterfly effect yeah. is mm-hmm. in place where this other huge historical outcome is a totally different '60s than even the '60s were. Mm-hmm. Right, but yet it's still the '60s. I just think it's so cool, and I think it's really well done so far. How they're Separating all these things out and still making oh, yeah. it a period piece, and but not one that we're familiar with. Yeah, sort yeah. of like a spin-off world. So, which I think, is like going to what you said in terms of like writing that book in the '60s and how he lived through World War II, 
and oh, same yeah. as him living the 60s. I, I don't, I couldn't imagine a situation as a writer where I'm sitting there and I'm going to write a book about something that everybody has gone through that's been so dramatic. And I'm going to be like, well, I'm writing the, the opposite side, guys. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to write what happens with yeah. the Nazis one. People are like, man, what? Like, well, what are you I, writing? Like, he had no, to but, get a lot of flack for that. You think about it, and I guess that's maybe kind of in a weird way what we're watching is, had his book been Accurate, reality, yeah. nobody would have been writing the book he wrote exactly, yeah. about America winning, which sure. is, I guess, kind of the films. The, the mm-hmm. little canister is... The book oh, that's of the alternate, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. It's you know, like the, uh, or is it the reality? His... Yeah. yeah, so it's just kind of an interesting, like, hey guys, I live in America, we won, so I can write a book about yeah, what if Hitler didn't? Uh, yeah, that's you know what really I mean? Cool. Yes. And Super so, meta. That's the, anyway. that's the nugget of the episode. <laughs> to me. That's the nugget of the whole show right now. That's so cool. Yeah, he kind of like put the inverse of the thing. In the situation where you mentioned that uh, the Nazis dropped the hydrogen bomb, and it's been a recurring theme throughout, is they'll drop, they've dropped it once, they'll drop it again. Right. And yeah. it's been the big fear. On Washington. But, and, yeah, on Washington. Washington DC, and yeah. the, the fear of them dropping the bomb is, did they actually drop the bomb? Because if these films they're showing, the actual clips are from a victory, which uh, in... Mm-hmm. Um, the you know it was what victory in Japan Day V Day. Well, yeah, it's I think it's like I think it's footage from the actual. Yeah, like, it's where they raised the flag on Iwo Jima. Yeah, yeah. that if that footage exists, that means that the Americans did drop the bomb first. So that whole yeah. dropping of the bomb thing, if that's being masked up, and the Nazis never dropped the bomb, and the Americans did. Whoever that PR company is is amazing. Right. <laughs> Firstly, exactly. Like, how is this? So either well, or did they not? Exactly. Did you know they what I mean? Or or only America did? Yeah. yeah. It's either in it's this either, reality. It's either the truth is that America lost, mm-hmm. or they actually won, and somehow we've ended up still in the situation. Whether it's like government secrecy or, mm-hmm. or, or something yeah. else going on, but somehow like this has been fabricated. Or, like, it's something crazy, and it's like, this is an alternate universe. Yeah. And yes. there's some sort of other... Like, the man in the high castle has a portal to the other oh side. Oh, gosh. Or, oh, my gosh. Like, like, we're like a, like, sort of, um, what is it, Schrodinger's cat? Like, yeah. who won the war? <laughs> like, I mean, it, until the, you open up the film canister, you don't know whether the... It's open to that because of the parallels of how, yeah. how the similarities between our reality and, in the book, what you can mm-hmm. project and extrapolate all of the things that are happening. Everything that we've seen... There's a situation where you're like, that's realistic. Had mm-hmm. we lost, it's they haven't really gone into an extent of, oh, that, no, come on, that that's couldn't not, have that's happened. That's not how yeah. it would go. Yeah. You know? So everything yeah. is such the basis of reality that it makes it difficult to really extrapolate these characters or the scenes, what's going to happen when it's such an enigma of the film. And okay, what is reality? Is it just great PR and campaigning, or is there something that it's just the new generation's been brainwashed, which I guess could be right. feasible since yeah. they run the country. The, it what also they teach sounds them, very, what they show them. When, sounds very Nazi, you know. Super Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds a real Nazi. Yeah. I could believe it. It would happen that way. If yeah. That, yeah. yeah it's the meanest thing you can imagine. <laughs> Let's get back to Juliana. So she's sure. now in the neutral zone. She's taken a job. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like she's going to stay a while. She's met Joe. She's met Joe. See, and I feel like uh, this is Who bought her the necklace thing, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, the, the necklace. So sure. she, she gives a necklace. I thought of it as a goodbye. Like, mm-hmm. kind of, and I thought she was doing that to be somewhat merciful towards Frank. Like, mm. I don't know what's going to happen. So, like, I'm saying goodbye because, like, you may never... I may die on this. Like, you may never see me again. And right. just along with the intent, like, then he knows she did leave on this bus ticket. But yeah. So now she's met Joe. 
and they well, spend some time together. They share a Fanta, yeah. I think. Orange I'm not Fanta. sure. Yeah. Don't you want to? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they have they have like a little moment and and sort of learn a little bit about each other. I guess it's really casual. Mm-hmm. It's the very last thing that we see. And the trust thing, I think. Yeah. So she. It yeah. seems like. I mean, it seems like she trusts him. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's alone in the neutral state. She couldn't afford to buy whatever it was that she bought at the diner, and he comes up. And pay. she's still standoffish, of course, yeah. but like it's kind of he's kind of yeah. it's kind of charming in a way, I guess. And I think that obviously she would want to to buy into it because she's alone. Yeah, so you think she'd be a little sheltered still, considering like less than a day ago she just got yeah. robbed the second she entered the neutral zone. Now right. she's sharing a Fanta, which I wouldn't share a drink with a stranger ever. And like she's, right. she's sharing a drink on the boulevard with a guy while a truck's being searched down the road, like. It's a very severe situation to be as calm and mm-hmm. peaceful as they're outside on a casual calm. day. Yeah. It's super and I calm think that goes back to her training mm-hmm. with the that's Aikido. True. That may be true. I think that that's definitely sort of a big part of I, her character. That, I think, was kind of foreshadowed. You know, like, the yeah. fact that she's been training in this so she can, what was it, defend herself against a man, like, twice her strength mm-hmm. or size or whatever. Right, I'm glad you know, said that All out. of those little things, you know, like, it's no accident that... She's the one that ends up going to the yeah. neutral zone, and she's the one that had studied this mm-hmm. art. And you know, she's not porcelain. That's the, yeah, right. That's, everyone right. looks at it. She looks dainty. She looks like a fragile girl, but she's very strong-willed in the sense that even if she's not going to mention her half sister passing away, it's like she's obviously knows how well, to control her emotions. She's being yeah. Trudy, yeah. As far you know what I mean. So they, oh, she can't talk about her sister being her. dead. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Well, any last thoughts about the episode? Before we do some I just, predictions, I need to see more. I mean, I think it's there's so much yet to explore. I think the art was great. Like the art department's work was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The uh, like all of the visuals were, were spot on, and, and the story's interesting. And there's so much that's been set up, and we just need to see how it it falls into place. I just need to see more. And it's super intriguing, especially when you have numerous directors on a series, because you get that those different lights and those different styles of cinematography, which is great. Because mm-hmm. in a situation where it's such an epic film I mean film see no, yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. a epic like a show film. that it, it, it genuinely feels like a film so it's exciting to be able to see what's going to be coming next when you know there's going to be more action you know there's going to be a lot more controversy because everyone's kind of just creeping towards each other I mean, we started on the east coast and the west coast and somehow we ended in the neutral zone in the center mm-hmm. so it's just nice to see that everything's converging together right. characters are being unfolded a little bit and it's you're going to get to see those different styles throughout the next couple episodes all the way you know to the end of the series and what an intense pilot that we saw both sides and then the middle yeah. in one yeah. episode in and the first so episode keep in mind too this pilot came out in January right mm-hmm. right so we've been waiting a long time yeah, right. for the rest of the season to come out and <laughs> sure. it is i haven't binge watched um, I've been refraining right. because I want to because I wouldn't be able to talk about it. Yeah, here. yeah. I would skip ahead yeah. every so episode. What, what's your objective. prediction of for next week? What do you think we're going to see in the next episode? Hmm. I think that if I think in the next two episodes we're going to we're going to meet or at least figure out who the man in the high castle is. Oh. Okay. What, I think. what do you think? I, I would like. To, I think that Joe and himself. I think we're going to get some some wavering in him as a person. I think mm-hmm. that you are going to see who he is, and now that it was revealed that he's an agent from the Nazis, but I, I genuinely think that he's going to be one of the characters that has that moral compass that isn't straight Nazi. You know, he's got a little that American in there. Oh, yes, you swooped mine. <laughs> so then it's obviously a good prediction. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Where were you on that one? <laughs> see, I don't know. I mean, I can kind of go either way. I don't want to make a prediction about Joe yet because I'm still kind of reeling from the the shift. Because I thought that I was like, oh, this. I thought it was a little too put together. Mm-hmm. And when he shot that, he shot the German officer. Mm-hmm. So it kind of also made yeah. me be like, or I don't know, German officer. But I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, he can shoot, or but he's also he's also not. 
a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. But then now he is. It, right. And so I that's why the switch, that, too, I think. Yeah. As he starts being somewhat exposed to this resistance ideal and what that all is, he starts to kind of waver and then maybe still continues to play double agent but like switches sides. Yeah. But we'll see. Tell us, know. tell us what you guys think out there. Tell us what you think about the show, uh, Man of the High Castle. Tell us what you think about the after show, what your predictions are. You can find us all, um, on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Facebook, on Instagram. All over social media. Yes. Uh, And you can find the show on iTunes. So go to iTunes, download the show, and rate it five stars if you like it. I'm your host, Courtney Henderson. I can be found at C-O-U-H-E-N. My name is Keith W. Black. You can find me at Keith W. Black on the internet, on Instagram, Twitter, email. And I'm Taylor Bolt. You can find me on Instagram at T-Bolt, that's B-O-L-D-T, or on Twitter at T-Bolt, also B-O-L-D-T. There you go. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys, very much. Oh, fine. I think that uh, Joe and Juliana, future love romance, putting out there right now. Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> but I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if it's gonna be two sided. I think he might just be kind of trying to use her you think? at first, at least. They're just both we'll too pretty. It's gonna happen. They're, yeah, they're, you can't that not truck that. scene. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're gonna yeah. hand on the shift. Save it for next week, guys. <laughs> you got more to come. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We'll catch you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.